In this episode, we look at the arcade classic Double Dragon, all the way from conception to release, and how it defined a genre. Loads of opinion on the sequels as well in this one, so it's well worth a listen. Welcome to Arcade Attack. <laughs> a retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Panic Boom! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's James at Arcade Attack, and I'm bringing you another retro gaming installment of our beautiful podcast. Mm. So many now. Beautiful podcasts. We're wallowing in podcasts. <laughs> we are. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a big mud pit of podcasts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we're so, the hippos. <laughs> well, one of us is, yeah. <laughs> So I have with me the usual lineup of, shall we say, outstanding specimens. Yes. I don't think anyone has ever heard that. No, no. I'm trying to be nice here, guys. Beating yourselves up. So I've got Keith. Hello. Hello, hello. I've got Dylan at the end of the table. Hadouken. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong franchise for this one, but never mind. And we've got Adrian. Spinner bird kick. No. That's that's, that's just crazy. So how are we, guys? We good? Good. Yep. Good. So on this episode, we've got some uppercuts, roundhouses. We've got some badly timed jumps. We've got some ridiculously large bad guys. Um, And we've got some, shall we say, less than skirt-blowing sequels. Yeah? And that's just Croydon. It's just (laughs) Yeah, indeed it is. We've used that joke, but it works every time. (laughs) Poor old Croydon just gets battered on every podcast or every other podcast. Oh, I know. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about a, a classic beat 'em up franchise, which any retro gamer can talk about for ages, pretty much. Um, and we're gonna talk about Single Dragon. Single Dragon. No, no we need no, more. No, we need dragon. no, of course we're not. Of course we're not. I'm not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes. We're gonna talk about Double Dragon. Oh yeah, Double Dragon. So I've actually wanted to talk about this uh, for a little while, um, and I know there's at least one other person, possibly two, possibly all of you, around the table, um, but um, most of them probably <coughs> Adrian, that has a lot to say about some of the games in this, in oh, this series, yes. um, specifically some of the latest sequels, so I can see him squirming and fidgeting already. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Get, straight to, get straight to three and five, please. <laughs> no! I'm going to stop you there. I'll let him off the lead a bit later, unless he hijacks me at some random point, like he's done on a couple of occasions in the past, but that's fine. We'll let it happen. Um, now, for those that know the franchise, um, know there have been a huge amount of games under the Double Dragon banner across the different platforms. Yeah, stacks and stacks of them. And honestly, we'd be here till at least next week if we were going to go through all of them in detail. Mm. Yeah. So, with that in mind, uh, we're going to put the, the first bra- groundbreaking game under the microscope. Yeah, we're going to have a look at where it all started. And then have a look at how that kind of set up the rest of the, the Double Dragon brand and all the sequels and that sort of thing. Yeah, so kind of where it all, where it all began, the nucleus of, of Double Dragon, should we say. Mm. So quick question for you guys, though. What's your Double Dragon experience and kind of knowledge level? Yeah, you know, where do you wow. sit on these games? So do you come out swinging? Or are you kind of cowering in the shadows? <laughs> yeah. So, so Keith, um, what, what you got? I've got fond memories of the first game, but not um, the ones that a lot of people have, because it was one of the games that I owned on the Master System when I was a kid. Yes. So I've got really, really strong memories of that version. Mm. And I know, you know, it was popular in the arcade. It was popular on the NES. Mm. Um, but for me, yeah, it's the Master System version. The flickery buggy <laughs> it was you know it was okay and it was it was quite fun in two player mm. but 
That's that's the version I remember. Nice, and I will talk about that. So cool. excellent. Same because I borrowed that from Blockbuster. Mm. Um, borrowed it. Borrowed. Well, didn't pay for the rental. Just I was like, <laughs> <laughs> five finger discount. No. Um, so, so so I was curious about Double Dragon when we started Arcade Attack. So. Uh, me and Keith tried. Was it, yeah, we did try and do oh, a really bad playthrough of Double did. Dragon Three. Yes, which was just the most ludicrous thing in the world. So that was like, oh, that piqued my interest. And then we did, <laughs> and then, I, and then I obviously dug it up on Mame, so I played the arcade proper, and I played the NES, the NES version as well. So nice. I'm relatively versed. Hmm. Excellent. Eight. Were we just talk about the first one. Any any Double Dragons. When I got my Amiga, I think my uncle said, "Here's all the free Double Dragons, one, two, and three." Mm. Play Double Dragon 3 first because you think the, the third would be the best. And then got my Jag, and the first ever game I played my Jaguar was Double Dragon 5. <laughs> yeah, Double Dragon 5. Because I thought, oh, I love Double Dragon as a kid. Oh, and my that wasn't enough to make you throw your Jaguar in the game. It was the best part. Double Dragon 5, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, Get in the I, bin. You know, we'd, well, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> it. But no, I love the Double. I used to play 1, 2, and 3 all the time with my brothers. That's two player games, right? That's why you, lo- mm-hmm. that's why you love it. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, in order for us to do any of these games, you know, justice, we're of course going to have to stick a foot in the past, yeah? Stick a foot in the retro gaming past and go back to the beginning, yeah? How it all came about, why, how we have a Double Dragon Legacy today, yeah? So that's exactly what we're going to do. Do you know what year we're going back to? We're going back a while. I want to say 89, but... We're going back 36 years ago. To 1986. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, 36 years ago, 1986. Um, and we're going to Japan with a video game designer by the name of Yoshihisa Kishimoto. Well pronounced, sir. That was Thank good. Thank you very much. Um, I've got a list of some of the games he's done over the years here. Anyone want to have a stab? Obviously. Obviously. Double Dragon. <laughs> Double Dragon. Yeah, we can tick that one off. Double Any, Dragon 2. Any more? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I want to say... Anything the, else? The, nin- the Ninja. Is that, is that all right? Uh, not got any. Th- I've not that's, got that in here. No, uh, that's I've got some sports games. I've got some beat 'em up games. I've got mm. the likes of WWF WrestleFest. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah. WWF WrestleFest. I've got. Uh, there's a couple of games I'm going to mention in just a moment. I've, but I've got US Championship Volleyball. Yes, uh, classic. I've I'm got sure. WWF Superstars <laughs> as well. Oh really? Okay, yeah, great game, fantastic game. But there's a there's a stack on there. I'm not going to go through them all, but there's a huge amount of games. What well, the arcade game? Uh, I believe so. Oh, yes, wow. in fact, I used, it was. I used to play that yeah, all the time. 1989 Arcade yeah, yeah, yeah. Game, and he was the director oh, for that game. I love that game. The, the one with the massive sprites, yeah, the really cartoony yeah, yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a great looking That's game. A brilliant it's a, arcade it's game. a really fun game. The oh, Royal okay. Rumble version on it, is that, or is that a different one? Uh, I think Royal Rumble was a single game. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Oh, I think Royal Rumble was a game. That one was actually the same start. That was always in the arcades. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, really great game. But there's 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 some specific games on his list that are going to that were particularly influential. So I'm gonna we're gonna sort of have a look at those now. But um, Kishimoto is as, as some of our listeners uh, might be aware is a producer and director um, of you know several uh, uh, really good games. Also Double Dragon, of course. But how did he arrive at that formula? How did he get to Double Dragon? Because as we go on to find out, it was pretty much genre defining. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and how did it come about to, to become a, a retro staple? So he was actually a designer at Data East through the early mm. 80s. Um, and he developed laser disc games called Cobra Command and Road Blaster. Anyone seen these? Yeah, Mega CD games. Yeah. Isn't Cobra Command a Mega CD game? Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> Am I confusing it with something Possibly. else? They're pretty, they're pretty bonkers, to be okay. fair. Um, it's kind of like an anime... I think they're Road Avenger. 
Yes, I am. I am. That's what I'm thinking of. So, yeah. It's flying, driving, shooting. Um, It's bonkers. It's mad. Um, The graphics are really good. It's really fast paced. Mm. Um, They they look like fantastic games, to be fair. Um, But following that, um, he decided it was time for a bit of a change. Um, He then was employed uh, by Technos in Japan and Uh he began working on a new. Beat em up. Now I, 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 I'm doing my little. Funny, yeah, yeah. Didn't ex- that didn't exist. <laughs> as as not really. Yeah. No. Properly. Now the term was completely new to games mm. and producers alike, as there only been a couple of this type of game made previously. So the most notable of these was in '84, which was anyone know? Kung Fu Absolutely. We spoke about it. On... It was the one thing I researched for my scrolling beat em up. <laughs> <laughs> we did indeed. We did indeed. Yeah, Kung Fu Master, aka Kung Fu, which featured a, a dojo type. Setting waves of enemies, five different bosses, one at the end of each level. Um, but the uh, Kishimoto obviously wanted to move on from that. I wanted to make something. He wanted to develop further, take it a step further. So he produced a game and worked on something called Niketsu Koha Kunio Kum. I beg, beg your pardon. Exactly. Now, for lots of AA points, I still owe Dylan jacket potato and a very large I'm bag hungry, and a very large bag of sweeties. <laughs> Can anyone tell me the Western adapted name of that game? Now it's actually shortened. Like when 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 we refer to it, the EU and 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 uh, and, and uh, North America, etc. When we refer to it, we refer to it as Cunio Cun. Yeah, <sighs> I, know, anybody, I know it. I know it. But does anybody know what this game was called when it was released oh in the West? Oh, I want to say something like. Fist, Fist of the North Star, mate. You, you're kind of on the right lines, yeah. You're, you're. Yeah, that's although Fist of the North Star no is, Ken, is a one, no on, one, no one, no one Ken or something. That, yeah, that's because that's what I was thinking. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Hakuto no Ken. That's it. That's it. Hakuto no Ken. That's Fist of the North Star. I don't know, man. But no, I can't, yeah, yeah, I'm going to kick myself when you say it. Go on. It is, in fact, Renegade. Renegade. Yeah. So, Ren- Renegade was released in <laughs> Japan in May of 1986 and saw uh, the player as a street baller trying to defend, uh, trying to defeat, sorry, four different gangs in order to rescue his girlfriend being held captive by a mob boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It featured a lot of new features versus the previous martial arts style game settings. Uh, movement system used something called belt scrolling. Which was which allowed the player actually to move horizontally as well as vertically, mm. um, which hadn't been seen before, which was like completely new, a massive draw for gamers because they had more autonomy around where they could go. Mm. Um, and up until that point, n- nothing had, had, had seen that. So players could also enjoy more contemporary, gritty settings. They had things like subway stations, back streets. Mm. It wasn't just the kind of ninja dojo type setting. Yeah, I think it's a cool game. Yeah, mm. absolutely, absolutely. I played it again the other day. It's it's, it's really good. It's it, it's properly addictive as well because you do want to smash those mob bosses. So in addition, um, a multi-layered combat system saw enemies uh, being able to take a lot more punishment. Yeah, it wasn't just a one hit and that was it. They were down. Um, you could right. actually uh, take them down using a variety of offensive moves: punches, kicks, stomps, and actually throws as well. Again, not seen in in games before. before. Nice. Um, so this meant enemies had to be beaten up. You can see where they got it from uh, to be defeated, as opposed to going down just after a, you know one hit. Mm. So thus, the name "beat 'em up" nice. was cemented in the industry um, and gave birth to a new, and I think we can all pretty much agree, extremely successful genre. Mm. Yeah. Love it. So interestingly, Kunio Kun uh, was actually Renegade was actually semi autobiographical, believe it or not. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know. Pardon? You're thinking, <laughs> you're thinking, what are you talking about? So in his school years, Kishimoto was regularly involved in fights, uh, uh, had to deal with bullies, uh, etc. On numerous occasions. A bit so, like real, 
Rio. Yeah, he, was, he was pretty well versed yeah. in the whole kind of getting beaten up scenario, yeah? Um, so these experiences gave him a bit of a platform uh, to develop the game and use the kind of one-against-many uh, scenario to mm. great effect. Because obviously in all the games, if you think about all the Double Dragon games, it's, it's waves of enemies, mm. it's numbers. Of, it's never kind of you one-on-one, normally mm. issue with a boss, yeah? So inspiration for the game was also drawn from the Bruce Lee film of 1973 called... Enter the Dragon? Yes. I was going to oh. say one of the major releases... <laughs> Um, absolutely, Enter the Dragon. And that continued, that influence continued through the Double Dragon mm. games, yeah, hence Dragon. Um, I mean, before it was uh, released in the West, however, um, there were some changes made by Technos. This is, this is on, um, Renegade. Uh, the characters and dress were altered to look more like the visual style of the 1979 film, The Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good film. Um, Warriors! <laughs> great film. Great film. Come out to play! That's the one. <laughs> um, and uh, scenery was also altered to the same effect to lend itself to a more Western setting. Yeah. Um, Renegade saw massive success at both the arcades and on home consoles, and with many praising the ports uh, to the likes of the NES and the Spectrum, saying that the arcade feel of the game actually remained quite strong, mm. which is not an easy, easy no. thing. Yeah, not easy at all. So as we kind of move away from, from Renegade, talking about the sort of foundations, we're asking, you know, how and why did the decision to make Double Dragon come about? You've got a successful game. You could move away from that and just kind of like quit where you're ahead. No, no, no. We're not going to do that, yeah? Um, what did he bring to the table that he hadn't kind of already, yeah? So there was actually a multi-step approach to the first Double Dragon game um, to ensure that it built on what Renegade had started. And as it happens... Um, Double Dragon was due to be a, a direct sequel to Renegade. It was it was okay. literally just going to be a, a follow-on. Um, and it was due to be a continuation of what, what should have become a Kunio-kun series of games. But it never did, because they decided that that wasn't the right way to go. So they basically binned the whole idea, and they said, we're going to start a brand new game from scratch, new characters, settings, everything, yeah? Which is pretty bold, mm-hmm. um, considering you've just made a genre-defining game mm. as it is, yeah? yeah. Um, so... Uh, yeah, that, that basically didn't happen. But the idea was that um, they were then going to make a, a game which allowed two players to play mm-hmm. at once. Yeah. <laughs> now, for more sweeties, <laughs> for more sweeties, can you boys name the two lead character players, uh, characters that players can control in the game? We know, we know, Darling. we all know. Uh, Jimmy and Billy Lee. Yes. <laughs> it's actually, it's actually a bit of a trick question. It is. It's a trick question. It is a trick question, as they didn't actually have proper names when the arcade was released. Oh. Believe it or not. Um, these were actually formed later, around when the home ports were taken. Oh, okay. Place. Yeah. Oh. So the original arcade cabinets had them down as Hammer and Spike. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Isn't Spike an enemy? What? No. Um, well, I think one of the later games he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got. There's a list of enemies I've got on here, but hammer and spike. Yeah. But I think it was just a case of well, we've got to give them something just to press select on the thing. Maybe right? that's their surnames or middle names, maybe. Jimmy Spike Lee. <laughs> spike Lee. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, that works. Spike would like Billy Hammer Lee. Yeah. So during during the development, um, I mean, they made obviously some massive changes versus Renegade. Uh, use of weapons. You could actually mm-hmm. use weapons now, um, and you could collect these weapons by disarming enemies who who were carrying them. Yeah, which is again a, a, a real massive step forward. 
These included things like baseball bats, dynamite, and for the adventurous among you, whips <laughs> from the ladies in the purple leotards. Whoop <laughs> um, Another stark change and a big step forward was the belt scrolling they developed even further. So you could, yes, you could move horizontally and vertically, but you could also continue along the screen, making it scroll to another area. Um, given the feel of progression mm. so you actually felt like you were um, you know progressing through the level that you were on um, but the two player aspect was the biggest biggest draw yeah you could both be you could both team up on the arcade cabinet or on the console at home um, and uh, defeat the enemies now there were some limitations to the home ports mm-hmm. though yeah and I'm yeah. sure you, you're going to know some of these already but I'm just going to take you through them because nice. um, it was released on so many different mm-hmm. platforms um, you know every single uh, manufacturer of the console yeah. wanted to get in on yeah. this action yeah um, so most notably was the NES mm-hmm. um, two player mode anybody know two player Gone. mode gone what was it replaced right. with do we know consequential mode Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Conse- cons- 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 consecutive mode. <laughs> yeah, alternate. Mode. I think, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. You had to basically take it in turns um, to, to battle the enemies. Yeah, there, there was, however, a mode where players could choose one of five characters and face off against each other one on one, which was called Mode B. Yeah, but <laughs> mode, 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 mode A and mode B. Mode A and mode B. Sounds like a dodgy plan B. <laughs> plan B. We can't have mode two players B. on screen. <laughs> we'll just have to have them all turn up. Well, that's the thing, is it? Couldn't it, couldn't it only have two enemies plus Billy or Jimmy? Correct. Yeah, so you're right. I'm going to come up to that in just a minute. But yeah. Because I did a written review for the site. Link in the show notes. <laughs> um, but yeah it, would, yeah, it makes it a bit sparse. But fun game, though. Yeah, it's and it still is. Even though, even though you take away that two-player element, it's still a great game to play. Mm. Um, and as we've just said, the reason for alternating the two players was because the NES couldn't handle the players and the enemies plus weapons on screen mm-hmm. all at once. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some limitations on some of the other ports, which are quite funny um, in a minute. But um, back to the arcade though, and. In addition to all the other step-ups um, was the ability to combine joint attacks and interactions with pieces of environment, yeah? Barrels, um, which obviously made for a very appealing setup and somewhat groundbreaking um, experience for players, yeah? And it actually saw people... You can actually Google some images of people queuing around 7-Elevens and things like that in their arcades to play Double Dragon, wow. yeah? Um, there's literally just these stack of quarters and things just sitting on the scene. Brilliant. Um so in early, it actually dropped in uh, early April 1987 um, in the arcades, and the cabinet was released uh, in Japan. And the US release was only a couple of weeks later. Mm. Um, the the EU release was slightly later in June of the same year. So it was all around sort of the same sort of time. There wasn't any huge delays. Um, and we're going to look at the, the the success of the arcade uh, cabinet in a bit. But just a, a, a quick overview to the massive amount of home ports, yeah, um, onto consoles and PCs that Double Dragon had. You, you strap yourselves in for this, because I've got to take a big breath here. Bring it. <sighs> 1988, saw so a vast majority of the home ports. We've, we had the NES, obviously, we've spoken about. We've had the Master System, which we've spoken about. Atari 2600. Wow. Hey. <laughs> I want to play that. Yeah, like. 7800. Hey. The Amiga. <laughs> the Amiga. Yeah. Atari ST. C64, ZX Spectrum, and the Amstrad CPC 464. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that was a big hey, that end one. So it's safe to say that it got a hell of a lot of exposure yeah. across a lot of platforms in a very short space of time. 
Um, it doesn't stop there though, because there were other ports made, spin-offs, etc., versions in the years that followed mm. uh, the main releases. But we'll, we'll come on to that a little bit later on. But so, so I mean, we, I think did we have it all on the same? Oh no, so Amiga, Amiga, Master System, Master System. I actually, I actually had it. So I had it on the Master System, but my friend had it on the NES. Um, and it, there was a bit of a notable difference. Oh, yeah. You got a, a favourite out of those two. Do you know what? And the Master System one was two player, though. The Master System was two player, and that we, we used to. Yeah. Like, but I don't know what it. There's something about the NES version I really enjoyed it on mm. the single player. Yeah. It's very strange. Like, it, it's. it's On paper, it's an inferior game mm. version, but. I actually really enjoyed it on a single uh, player. Two player, definitely. My system will yeah. get long. But on a single player, I preferred the NES one. Yeah, I So, Fair. yeah. Uh, but there we go. So, controversial or not, maybe. But um, there we are. Unhealthy amount of hours playing <laughs> Double Dragon. But um, does anyone know, for some more points, anyone know the basic story of the first game? Of the arcade game? Your girlfriend gets kidnapped. <laughs> by one of the other ones. Isn't go it? and save your girlfriend. Isn't that, isn't that the basic it? Your girlfriend gets kidnapped. They walk on, punch her in the stomach, carry her away, and then aren't you busy working on your car in the garage? And then you come out and <laughs> off you we'll go. do that again. So just for our uh, listeners at home, <laughs> Keith's doing some kind <laughs> of Peter <laughs> Kay. This is how I come out of my garage. It's perfectly normal. <laughs> That's Keith leaving his garage. <laughs> in the NES version, is it one of the brothers that does it to the other one? Now, now this is interesting. This is this is exactly what I wanted. Yeah, confusion. <laughs> confusion. I'm, like, I'm so confused. No, no, I wanted you confusion. confusion with us. <laughs> yeah. well, true, but I wanted confusion because that's absolutely what happened. Yeah, because no. there are different stories. Oh. Yeah, right? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the difference is. So, the game has generally, on most accounts, a very simple story. Focuses more on the action and fighting rather than any deep plot yeah so as a gamer it's, it's good they didn't make a film basically isn't it yeah we will come to that <laughs> don't you worry um so yeah both billy and jimmy lee are martial arts masters who run a small training academy in a violent crime-ridden city um where gang mob bosses have control so billy and jimmy both find themselves crossing paths with one particular gang known as the black warriors yeah and their leader, the Shadow Boss. Such such inventive <laughs> names, yeah. Um, when they kidnap Billy's girlfriend, Marion. Okay. That's now, it. some sites and places have this listed as Maria. Okay. okay. Now, yeah. the funny thing is, I, I don't know why I remember her as Maria. I don't remember her as Marion. Mm. But there we go. Could have been changed. So, Billy must then fight his way to the gang's hideout and face the Shadow Boss. Mm. He must fight through city slums, a factory, woods, hideouts, etc., now, this is where the confusion comes in. It's important to do a bit of clearing up here <laughs> because things get very blurry between the arcade version and some of the home versions. Yeah. That's why you're confused. <laughs> so in the arcade, Billy and Jimmy fight together mm. and have to take down a final boss called... Willy. <laughs> Willy? Not Big Willy style. So the, the, Dr. Sh- the Willy. shadow. No, I knew that was going to come up. I knew that was going to come up. Leave Dr. Willy alone. <laughs> Dr. Wiley. Family pod, family pod. Do- Do- Dr. Wiley, the greatest bad guy ever. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I knew that would come up. I just knew that would come up. <laughs> yeah. So, you, can, you can't resist it, can you? No. Whenever there's the term Willy or Wiley, it's Dr. Wiley. So, the shadow boss is called Willy. Yeah, the shadow boss. Well, ah, right. So, there's the final boss in the arcade is, is, is called um, Willy, the final boss. However, once they've defeated <laughs> Willy, 
they need then to face off against one another oh, to, that's right. to see who will win Marion's affection. Yes. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is a bit of a, I mean, mm. just imagine the Weird. girlfriend standing there going, you now have to basically kill each other. And whoever <laughs> yeah. wins, I'm going to go out with Can you. Can you imagine? You've gone through probably about 200, 300 enemies. You get to that point going, we rescue you. Right, thank you. Now fight each other. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what happens. She's high maintenance. I so bother. demanding, yeah. <laughs> I hope Absolutely. you at least get to second base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So the, the, the home ports that could handle both brothers on screen at once, for example, Master System, they stayed true to that story. Yeah, uh-huh. so the arcade story was pretty much intact. Renez version, however... Hello. Hello. Did I get it right? Yeah, no, no. What was it you did? I said that Jimmy was the bad one and Billy... Whichever one you play, the other one is the bad guy. I think you're right. You might be right. Mm-hmm. So because it was limited technically, so the story in the NES had it that if you play two-player, you both control Billy alternately, mm-hmm. um, and the main antagonist is Jimmy, the shadow boss at the end. Uh-huh. It's like Scooby-Doo episode. It was me. It was me. Yeah. So what do we think about that? Interesting, yeah. but they had to. They had to make that change because otherwise, how how were they gonna? Mm-hmm. The, the the story wouldn't have made sense in the NES at all. Yeah, there was a couple mm-hmm. of other ports that they had to do that with as well because of limitations. But um, Master System, <laughs> right and high above. Amiga yeah. was two player too, I believe. I'm oh, sure. yeah. oh, here we go. <laughs> there was one. So, bit of gameplay then. So, again. It, it relatively straightforward, but there were some there were some massive um, sort of big thumbs ups for for gamers here, which is why it kept them kind of queuing around the block um, to to play this game. So we've already spoken about some of the areas, um, but you want to take we're, we're going to take a little look at the roundup, just how different it was versus anything kind of at the time and previously. Yeah, so why did they keep coming back to it? So there's two main aspects um, of Double Dragon that stood out. So the fighting style and the ability to use multiple moves. Yeah, so it wasn't just a case of like you kung fu. Yeah. When we say kung fu, it, everyone knows kung fu with, yeah. the, with the punch, and or you can do the kick, and you can jump and do the punch. And that's it. Yeah, there's no yeah. kind of anything other than that. But techniques on Double Dragon ranged from basic punches and kicks to hair grabbing, nice. throws, and elbow punches. Nice. You could also assist the other player by grabbing enemies from behind. Um, and that was a new feature, which mm. obviously got you know players really into the kind of multiplayer yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um, you also had throwable items as well, which are things like rocks, dynamite, cardboard boxes, and oil drums. Yeah. Again, something that had really never been done. And moving on from that, the other thing that was um, you know a huge thing for gamers was the variance of enemies as well. So Double Dragon presented players with uh, normal street brawling thugs. But you also had massive ripped strong men to deal with, bosses, etc. And you had the leotard clad fighting women <laughs> with their spiky whips. Yeah. yeah. I always remember the difference between one and two. One and two was just a whip. And the second one, they thought, no, we're going to go really yeah. going far out. How do we... We're going to put a ball and chain on the end. How do we take this to another level? Yeah. More spikes, more whips. More spe- <laughs> and more, they had like high heel boots on and, yeah, well. How about them in three, though? That's, that's a whole other different ball game. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, they took it even further. Yeah. We'll come to that. We'll come to that. But yeah, yeah, they're all to try and take you down but because of the new all the new colours and the style of the game different enemy appearance um, and size gave loads of different levels I think yeah. James one of the moves and I might be wrong because I, I played one, two and three yesterday so it's all blurring to one a little bit but if you're facing one way you can do like a kick yeah. the other way 
And that's quite a good strategy, especially if you've got people around you. Or it might be a punch. Mm. It's something. an elbow, isn't it? Or an isn't elbow. It the back elbow. That's like absolutely. So, so that is that is. It's not the... just one way. That's quite. Nice. Yeah. And the mm. funny thing is, it's 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 funny you mention that because we we do touch on that in a bit. But it's 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 the move system actually changes with number two because it's directional combat. So when you're facing an enemy in Double Dragon Two, for mm. example, mm-hmm. and I think this is the same for the, the subsequent games after that. Um, when you're facing an enemy, you'll have, for example, the A and B button. So if you're facing right, B will punch, yeah. and A will do a back kick. If you're yeah, facing yeah. left, it's the other way around. Yeah. I found that a little bit confusing playing one and two. It was like oh, it was a bit mixed up. Yeah, yeah you, you're like with with two, you have to you've got to then switch <laughs> the direction of combat. Um, but it's it kind of again just gave you another bit of a layer. So and it was the same. Funnily enough, that control system was in Renegade. Nice. So the directional control was in Renegade. They took it out <laughs> for. Um, the first Double Dragon, a Renegade Master. Put it back in, put it back in um, Double Dragon Two. So mm. obviously it was a it was a hit. Um, so yeah, how how did people receive the the arcade game? How did how do we think they received it when it landed? Yeah, we we've Loved already it. said that there was yeah. queues around the block, but how did it actually kind of do in terms of reviews from magazines, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? How did the actual critics see it? Yeah. But the arcade version was pretty much universally praised. Um, it handled well. It was challenging. Um, and it, it, everyone pretty much says that it moved the genre into a whole new space. Yeah. In August of 1987, an issue of Commodore User. <laughs> Our favourite. Everyone knows Commodore User. We love Commodore User. <laughs> <laughs> they reviewed the cabinet. They gave it 9 out of 10 uh, as an average viewer. It said it isn't an easy game to play initially, but the graphics were superb and the handling likewise. Um, stating that the variety of actions, locations, and enemies made this a true state of the art beat em up, centuries beyond those old kung fu games which still litter the arcades. <laughs> those. Got, do you know what though? I've got a lot of time for kung fu. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I absolutely, it's one of the games when I, when I, I am like, terrible at that game, but I, <laughs> it's so hard. But when I, when I switch the NES on, I always have a game of kung fu. Mm-hmm. Always. I don't know what it is, it's just one of those, it's so satisfying. But yeah. It's um. Well, everyone, was, everyone was kung fu fighting, weren't they? That, that, that's oh, everybody hey, was. Oh. Yeah. You gonna sing it for us? <laughs> no, don't. No, no. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> um, and um, they said that it was a strong contender for hottest beat 'em up yet. Ooh, yeah. What? Well, be- bearing in mind, it was kind of the only. <laughs> <one> <laughs> really do you know what I mean? The so, third or fourth beat 'em up. <laughs> yes. So, so just, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so they didn't have much competition yeah. at the time. So several other publications had similar articles about the depth and variety of the game um, and how it moved moved the genre forward. The home console and computing reception did differ a bit though Yeesh. yeah um i'll come on to it in a moment but as an arcade it really did shatter expectations and made a lot of gamers and reviewers um pretty happy actually so it'd be really interesting to get the views of any of our listeners on that so who did anyone play the arcade back in the day no. that's no i think it's nope, not at time. no no i don't maybe know. a few Never years later, later but some of our listeners might have done mm. yep. oh, yeah, yeah there I'm is sure. a, there is a, a distinct possibility mm. so i mean we you say to- we've got old listeners how rude how no. rude <laughs> gracefully mature yes thank you um, but honestly we'd love to hear from like you know what was it like playing that kind of the first time yeah, yeah. even those 7-Eleven cues there you go yeah, yeah. What, what was it like you know because it, it, there must have been a hell of a buzz around it mm. because of uh, how new it was yeah so you know um, tell us tell us is um, that in the they show it in the wizard as well 
double dragon. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're taking one of my sorry. Not sweeties for you. <laughs> You've been going the naughty corner. You lost your sweeties. Lost your sweeties. <laughs> Oops. Dear, oh dear. So I love you. <laughs> <laughs> don't feel like it right now <laughs> I'm only joking yeah you've, you've said it you've said it so what did I can't I've lost my train of thought now we're going to we're going to have a look at what did it did it win anything yeah did it win anything did it get noted for anything did it get put down as as, as being um, as winning any kind of awards not as such yeah so oh. it was very not- notable mm. across a lot of publications but it didn't really win any like massive awards or anything like that which is really strange so we've got a few down there Electronic Gaming Monthly um, awarded um, Double Dragon Game of the Year for 1988 mm-hmm. okay nice. which, is, which is good we'll take that um, they also had it listed at number 41 in the 200 greatest games of their time. Nice. Thank you. Which is also a nice accolade in the top 50. Empire, Game Informer, G4, GameSpot, Gaming Bolt, Killer List of Video Games, Now Gamer, and Yahoo all list Double Dragon among the best video games of all time. Yeah. Well, if Yahoo nice. says it, he, he got Yahoo. Yahoo. <laughs> and, and I want to know what Killer List of Video Games is. That sounds pretty killer good. Killer List of Video Games. And, and they I'm totally going to rip that off. Arcade Attacks <laughs> Killer List of Video Games. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll edit that, that <laughs> sentence out by Killer List of Video Games. They mentioned it in the pod. No, we didn't. We edited it out. Um, Game Informer, August 2001, number 75 of the top 100 games of all time. Boom, yeah? Wow. Uh, Retro Gamer, September 2004, 80, number 88 in the best games of all time. That was a reader's vote as well. That wasn't that wasn't just done by Boom, people love it. Um, despite being such a, a defining title, there was a mixed bag of reviews across the home platforms, as, mm. we, as we kind of alluded to then. <laughs> Um, and to give you a bit of a landscape of what the critics said, I'll, I'll drop a few now. Um, and it really is a mixed bag. So Mean Machines magazine had the Master System version at 70%. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that'd be higher, but you've said before, uh, maybe a few bugs for glitches. Yeah, it's fair. Um, the NES version, they had it at 83%. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting. Fun. It, even despite the limitations, mm. it's a fun. This is, this is what I'm saying. I don't know what it is. It just, it's, maybe it just plays a bit differently. I don't know. Um, and they had the Mega Drive version at just 59 Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, the Mega Drive oh, version. No, no, <laughs> don't go near pants, that. Pants, pants. Yes. What, what's different about it? Talk it to just me. plays horribly. Oh, it it's... looks more like, a lot more like the arcade. Oh, yeah. oh the control. Yeah, it's real bad. And the hit detection. It's just, it's, it's just way, bad. It's way off. Yeah, yeah. It's so frustrating because you, you, you've obviously played it on those other platforms first and the actual accuracy and the hit detection, like I say, is pretty yeah. good. And then Mega Drive, it's just like, yeah. you punch and it's like, we'll go for a coffee before it actually registers. It's <laughs> <laughs> not excuse. Come back and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, can't, I don't know who did that no, version. I was going to uh, say, I can't remember who developed the Mega Drive. Is it Drive Techno's version. or whoever? Is I it, don't know. Is it Flying Edge? <laughs> flying Edge. You actually, know what? It could be Flying Edge because they ruined three... Stop it. <laughs> 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 Are you all right? Are you all right? Um, Spectrum version. I think, I, I think so. Was it? We'll, have, we'll find we'll, we'll out. Adrian's going to find out. Adrian's going to find out. Um, Spectrum version. Uh, big difference in I scores. I found amazing. Well. They actually got the Spectrum, but fair play. Yeah, they did. Um, with with publication Crash and your, oh, yeah. Crash, Crash, yeah. your Crash. Sinclair um, giving Double Dragon 81% and 80%, 80% respectively. Mm. Yeah. Um, CVG and Sinclair user posted just 56 and 51%. 
For the spectrum, so, though, yeah. So big difference. Big, big difficult big. converting stuff yeah. to the spectrum. I think sometimes reviews used to just give extra credit for them managing to get it on <laughs> yeah. there, you know? That extra 30 minutes. Let's not talk about Outrun on the spectrum. I've just typed in Double Dragon Mega Drive, and actually Dylan's review comes up I've quite, re- quite about the fifth of... It's quite oh, high up. Oh, thank you. Nicely plugged, Dave. Oh, sorry, I'm in well found, Nathan. <laughs> I did, I hated it. <laughs> what did I give it? Maybe 30% or What was it? 10%? Like, you were something ridiculous. Yeah, what? How, how many percent did I give it? Have a guess, Ed. Who, oh, it was something really low. I it. it says, why, oh, why did Accolade do this? Accolade. Oh, well, there we go. I think of several reasons, but one then definitely isn't to, to redefine the scroll to be on the genre. <laughs> fully five years, fully five years since the coin up first launched, we have the Mega Drive version, and this may certainly was not worth the wait. At its best, namely the arcades and on the NES, Double Dragon is fun and satisfying. At its worst, named on the Mega Drive, it's frustrating and amateurish. <laughs> what did I give it? I did Dylan gave it. You gave it graphics 19%. Oh! <laughs> 19%. Sound? And there was Keith saying that it actually looked like the no, other still, It looked close. Stills of it, it looks all right. Yeah. When it starts moving, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sound 12%. Oh! Gameplay 14%. Don't work up in a bad mood that Difficulty day. 20%. But luckily, longevity brings it back with only 9%. <laughs> that is savage. Overall, overall. It might be the worst ranked game on your list, but overall, I think it 13%. It was really bad. It's really bad. You absolute savage. But Dan, in 2020, he said, absolutely spot on. The game plays bad and the response of his poor. Good old Dan agrees with you. Thanks, Dan. Someone agrees with me in the internet. Yes. <laughs> Win. <laughs> Dylan's happy now. We're going to put that in the show notes as well. Let's not got... talk about what people think of what I think of Feature Race 3. Let's move it on. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the banging dance music. Oh, hey. Stop it. Stop All right. Dance. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> If you don't know what we're talking about, listen to Dylan's Beatmap pod and you will know what we're talking about. (laughs) So, the biggest scores from all those posted come from the reviews of the arcade cabinet, of course, and the more system versions. Interesting. Um, In either the 80s or the 90s in terms of percentage. The wooden spoon. Who gets the wooden spoon of the home ports? Mega Drive. No. Amstrad CPC. No. And uh, Atari 2600. No. Amiga. No. Come on. Which one? Uh, 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 Tori ST we said that one Commodore 64 C64 no yes no no (laughs) so because of the joystick okay which was one of the massive bugbears of of gamers you had much fewer moves okay Um, and the port was very very um, clunky Mm, all sorts of issues with it um, and because of that, the critics actually called it a pale shadow of the original. Oh, so. A pale shadow man of the original. Even. Shadow boss. Uh, of the original. Shadow boss. Shadow boss. Oh. Shadow boss. Willy. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did it sell? Yeah, because it's all good talking about scores, but how did it, you know, what did people actually vote with their money? So the arcade cabinet... Um, was well, I think, huge... I think... Go on then. What, they're trying not to do it too much. It's done so that. well that the revenues kept doubling and doubling oh, and doubling. Oh, God. <laughs> We're so glad you're here. I'm pulling a funny face. <laughs> no, it's not. It's more of a grimace. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of a strain. Oh, so, <laughs> maximum cringe. <laughs> Hashtag maximum cringe. Oh, yeah. So, can I, can I continue? Yeah. Is, that, is that all right? <laughs> Am I allowed to continue now? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, go for it. Doubled the sales. 
Brilliant. The arcade cabinet was a huge hit in Japan, obviously. Mm. Um, Game Machine listed Double Dragon in the July 1987 issue as being the most successful table arcade cabinet of the month. Not only that, it went on to be the third highest grossing table arcade game in Japan of 1987. Mm. Now, imagine how many arcade games are coming out in 1987 in Japan. Mm. It was just a conveyor belt of of games, yeah? So to to actually be the third highest grossing is uh, pretty amazing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Round of applause, just from Dylan on his yeah. own. That's good. No one else can join. No, okay. no one is that much. <laughs> it wasn't. No, it was third. It wasn't number one. So <sighs> Dylan just woke up. Anyone that was like falling asleep to the yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> clap clap. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> no offence, James. I was just, just taking a battering this episode. I was going to say none taken, but actually, yeah. I'm taking some. <laughs> so in the US, uh, Double Dragon became the highest grossing video game in 1988. Mm-hmm. So it's sat top of the chart. So yeah, top of the yeah. chart, Adrian. Top, just just for Adrian's benefit, number one. <laughs> yeah, um, and the also dedicated arcade game in 19, and also dedicated arcade game in 1989. So as we know, you do well in the US. You do pretty well. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Um, home ports uh, did extremely well, actually, regardless of the kind of mixed feelings around how they were ported. Toys R Us, for example, reported that it had completely sold out nationwide in the US of all copies wow. of Double Dragon for the NES in the first two weeks of launch. Ooh, wow. yeah? um, and, and, and as you can imagine, there was a fair bit shipped over to the US, all gone within two weeks. So that's pretty amazing. Hmm. Um, massive demand in Christmas 1988. Um, it was the it was one of the it was sorry in the top three sellers of that year for Christmas, along with two other games. Anyone want to have a, a guess? What year? 1988. 19, Christmas 1988. 1988. Super Mario Brothers 2. Yes. Oh, damn. Ah. Come on. Is this Nesso or was that Nesso? The Legend of Zelda. This is, yeah. So, go on. Which one? Say two. It. Two. You got it. They're amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Adventures of Link. The Adventure of Link. So now, Specific sales numbers. These are actually quite difficult to come by, to be fair. Um, as we found with some gaming franchises, yeah, they're a little yeah. bit guarded. Yeah. yeah. Um, we do have some numbers, though, from the home port. So Activision's Atari 2600 port. Dylan, what's your noise you make for that? No. <laughs> In your face, yeah, Mr. Raj, it sold 500,000 cartridges. Wow. I beg your pardon. Five hundred thousand cartridges. Wow! I stand corrected," said the man in the orthopedic shoes. <laughs> oh, can I clap that? Dad one? jokes. No dad jokes. No dad jokes. That's for when the mic's on. <laughs> and that made it one of Atari 2600's most popular titles towards the end of its lifespan. Holy what! So it kind of gave the Atari, oh, a, a, what 2600 that. at least, a, 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 a last hurrah. I've got to say. dig that out. There you go. So in the UK, Spectrum and C64 ports were at the top of the charts late 1988, with mm. the Amiga port topping the charts in early 1990. Love it. Amazing. Amazeballs. Both releases sold around 300,000 units. <laughs> That's madness for the Amiga. Mm. I mean, that is a lot, isn't it? That is a lot of units for an Amiga. That's yeah. a hell of a lot. Um, it's interesting purely because the C64 port wasn't as good as the others but mm. still sold really well so you know plaudits to the game because there you go I mean people almost looked at the reviews and went well I'm going to make my own mind up to be mm. fair and they did they then voted with their, their pound notes so happy days you know pound notes how long ago was it <laughs> <laughs> it's a retail term you wouldn't understand <laughs> 
Pound note. Dollar, not, dollar not, bills. Barrel, pound, dollar bills. <laughs> Just standing there. Oh, bad. So, so, so this is where we're going to kind of open it up a little bit. Oh, here we go. Yeah, so now we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of whistle stop on the, on the rest of the legacy. <laughs> now, Adrian's still on the lead. Yeah, he's pulling at the lead. I'm ready. He'll be able to get off in a minute. So, Double Dragon uh, was obviously followed by Double Dragon 2, The Revenge. Yeah? Yeah. Now, you're not going to shout at this one because we know it's a great game. Yeah? Um, but essentially, the leader of the Black Warriors, what's his name? Willie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Literally at the start, she shoots. He shoots Marion to death. Oh no! Um, after his defeat by the Lee brothers in the first game. Damn you, Willie! Damn, damn you, Willie! <laughs> the sequel was supposed to be an upgrade kit for the original, um, but it ended up being a standalone arcade cabinet due to it needing more memory. Thankfully, it was because I absolutely love the second game. I think it's superb. Um, uh, the second instalment selection of new levels, weapons, directional attacks. Um, and enemies along with a host of new bosses, one at the end of each level. Stacks of home ports were, were made across most of the consoles and PCs we mentioned already. Um, although a lot of these versions were markedly different to the arcade, uh, more so than kind of the first game versus the ports. So there's yeah. a, a, an even bigger gap there, to be fair. Um, reviewers had it only a minimum of about 7 out of 10. Um, mm. but the, the most of the, 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 the reviewers scoring it around 80 to 85%. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. For a sequel, that's pretty good, because as we know, Sometimes with sequels, it can go horribly, horribly wrong. Um, True. It might do in a minute when we start talking about some of the other sequels. Yeah. But, there we go. Um, but yeah, I've got loads of love for, for the second one. Um, I spent a lot of time on that, so I've got uh, a particular soft spot for that one. So, Adrian, I'm going to move on now to one of your favourites. Yeah? DD Double Dragon 3, the Rosetta Stone. The Rosetta Stone. You can see it, can't you? It's in it's in um, London, isn't it? You can actually go and... You can. You, I've seen it recently. Oh, yeah. The Rosetta Stone. At the London Museum. I don't know. It's some museum in London. I think it's called the London Museum. Spoiler alert. Uh-huh. So I've seen it. So I'm like, guys, come on. Don't travel around the world. It's just in London. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to play Double Dragon 3. <laughs> but... Double Dragon 1, 2 and 3, I played it, it basically all at the same period it, growing up in the early 90s with my brothers. So for me, I didn't, you know, I I went to 3 first, I thought it would be the best version, and I played 1 and 2. And I, I'll tell you if I changed my mind later, because I played all 3 yesterday again. Uh, but I, back in the day, I used to play Double Dragon 3 the most. I really enjoyed it. There were shops. <laughs> Cause Cause I, there space, there look were, at there, you. No, I played it again yesterday, so I might change my views, but I, there's shops available. You can, you can hire new buddies you can actually have more players uh you can actually get, get weapons you can actually jump off walls yeah and you can almost do like like Zool. you know we can jump on a wall and sort of hit yeah, like yeah. Had to, he had to get it in there didn't he? Zool. yeah a crowbar in Zool. Oh. um so you jump in and you can do the kicks and, you, and actually if you work together i don't know how you do it billy and jimmy you can almost join together and do a weird spinning bird kick together thing do you remember that Mm-hmm. It's an unbelievable. Move. You. you have to kind I of didn't get that far with your. With your <laughs> <phone> <laughs> you got to the tile screen and went. Nah. <laughs> and if you go into, not every level's got a shop. You can buy uh, swords. You can buy. Um, I think you can buy uh, nunchucks as well. I loved it. I, I quite like the infantry style. You could power up as well. And if you died, you can your new buddies come in. I think one's called Sunny. I can't remember the other names. They're like big guys. Like, yeah. much tougher. And I thought. Everyone hates Double Dragon 3, but in the 90s, I loved it compared to the other two. I like the other two. So I thought, oh, let me have an open mind and play it again yesterday with, my, with Tate. We played Retro Fire. I played Double Dragon 1. Really enjoyed it. Played Double Dragon 2. Yeah. It, I, the controls are a bit different. Mm-hmm. They are, yeah. I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Double Dragon 3. And actually, the first thing I noticed on the arcade version of Double Dragon 3, you can do three players. I noticed that. So... Mm-hmm. There you go. That's already an advantage of Double Dragon 3. Just yep. saying, free player. 
And I was like, wow, this is just like the you know, better graphics. Oh, this is gonna, you're gonna hate me for saying this. I absolutely love Double Dragon 3. <laughs> I think it's an amazing game. I think it's a little bit. An amazing game. I do, actually. So, so the arcade version, I really okay. enjoyed. I thought it's, it's a little bit clunky. I'm just wondering what's in that coffee I gave you. <laughs> it's a little bit clunky, but me and Tate finished it. We completed it, and they got this weird sort of little goblin guy at the start going, she must help me get a Rosetta Stone. There's a bit of a story <laughs> to it. The goblin guy is freaky. It, it looks is. terrible. Yeah. Sounds bad. It's a bad game. <laughs> no, no, no. But you could go into the shops. You could upgrade. You could get better people. And actually, I thought... I, I generally had a lot I of fun. I was not expecting this. I love Double Dragon I, um, 3. What, what did we think when we played it, Keith? This is rubbish. No, but no. <laughs> it's you, rubbish. You didn't play the Amiga version. No, and no, the no we played version. the Mega Drive so version. Played the Mega so yeah. not only do, am I getting battered with kind of insults or whatever, but we've also said that Double Dragon 3 apparently is a good game. So no, this no, is, no, no. This is An controversial. amazing game. Oh, sorry. Amazing Let's not misquote him. Right. I had so much fun. And no, <laughs> just, to, just to finish up. I just thought it was quite interesting. You could travel, it went in back in time. You had, it was almost like a Knights of the Round level. Then there was mummies coming out. There was like b- d- bosses. If you, did you get to the final boss? The final boss is this no. weird kind of witch lady. wanted to get to fa- away from it as far as the fastest. <laughs> like me and Tate completed it. We we didn't complete Double Dragon One or Two. We kind of gave up. I used a lot of credits though. You know, on the retro. Yeah, of course, ding, yeah, ding, ding, standard. Ding, ding. Yeah. And actually, interestingly, the credits you can actually use to, in the shop. So in the arcade, I'm assuming you put a pound. You in could for put a your life. real money in. The sh- you put your real money yeah. in, and, and then you can spend use it that in money the shop to buy a weapon. Right. That probably costs you a pound. Let me stop you. Let me stop you. Let me stop you there because I'm going to talk. Come on, Jay, tell us about Double Dragon. I'm just going to. I'm going to give you. This is kind of now put, been, not been derailed by Adrian but it's interesting <laughs> to know that well, he thinks it's amazing but I loved but, it but listen I'm not going to make any judgments I'm just throwing out the facts yeah mm. but clearly we've got a division in the world <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so the instalment sees the brothers actually go to Egypt mm. that's right yeah right on a mission from a fortune teller, okay, mm. to recover the mysterious Rosetta Stone. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. it is it's an, it's an Egyptian thing, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> it is. So, yeah. new set of attacks, enemies, weapons become available, new levels, enemies, etc. So, a bit of trivia on this game is that unlike all of the other titles in the series, the Japanese version of the game was actually finished after it had already been released in the EU. Huh? Yeah. Oh, which yeah I know. <laughs> like, when does that ever happen ever did they make it games? slightly better <laughs> <laughs> they made the what we got um, so the biggest change with the Japanese version was that it got rid of a microtransaction platform uh-huh. where players could earn credits and purchase additional fighters to use in the game and other, uh-huh. and other yeah. so this was one of the earliest forms say, yeah. of microtransactions yeah. in I games. was a bit confused playing the arcade going that's cost me a credit yeah. if I get a weapon. That's cost me a credit getting next that's, that's really That's got to be one of the most interesting things that's come up so far. It's that, opened that, the portal the to hell. My- no, <laughs> no, no, no. He's telling me it's the first interesting thing I've said. <laughs> Trip Hawkins. That's no, no, not one, man. I'm only EA, electronic but that, Yeah. I'm only, first, yeah. I mean, uh, arcade microtransactions. Literally, it was, I believe, one of, if not the first. Wow. Um, and, you know, listeners, jump in, tag us in, in something. If, you, if, if there's something else that's before that, let us know. Well, I didn't quite understand. You could level up in it. I wasn't sure exactly what that did, though. I'm not sure if it may be stronger or not. It didn't mm. really... Well, I mean, the, the Japanese version basically binned it. Oh. So they got rid of the whole microtransaction thing. Um, and what they did was they replaced it with a Golden Axe-style character selection at the start where players could choose any yeah, of the yeah. five characters. It was a bit odd, actually, because if I died, you know, I, I, Billy, Billy or Jimmy would come back. But if you, at the start of each level, went to the shop and bought extra characters, 
there were some crazy characters. There's that guy, that kind of karate guy, and there was that, that big, like beefed up basically. Mm, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, there was there was a lot more there was a lot more people you could fight as. Did you? Basically. Am I the only person that likes the game then? Dave, we do us a favour. Yeah. When you go home later, can you play the Mega Drive version? Please play the Mega Drive version. And then provide feedback to yeah. me and Dylan. <laughs> I think we just, go, we just go quiet for three weeks. Yeah. Like, guys, I need to recover. <laughs> but um, so there was a fourth instalment in the uh, D- Double Dragon universe, but it wasn't Double Dragon 4. It was actually Super Double Dragon. Right. Oh, it was a SNES game. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, released for the SNES 1992. Oh, um, I played it. It was uh, Sega. You not played it? Mark, Mark, no, I, actually, I actually played it. Uh, um, when did I play? I played it. What three or four months ago? Mm-hmm. I actually quite. I actually liked it. Mm-hmm. It was. It, it was. It still kept the same like flavour, mm-hmm. but it was very snizzy. Okay. Very snizzy. snizzy. Yeah, it was. It was Colourful. bright, colourful, mm-hmm. really engaging. It was. It was actually a really good game. So I enjoyed it. Um, so it's um, SNES only, so better colours, sharper wow. graphics, more detailed levels. Um, Billy and Jimmy this time have differences in appearance, which generally wasn't the case in games before mm. that, and different fighting styles, um, something which had not been done previously. It was received well, um, earned a score on average around 75% with reviewers. Um, and actually, it's not talked about that No, much, it's, it's not. It's a good game. It's, it's not. It's actually quite a good really game. So give I it a would, try. Yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, definitely give it a try. Um, <clears throat> the fifth game did divide opinion did a little it? bit. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, amazing. I draw the line. Wait, wait, wait. And it switched <laughs> to a one-on-one Street Fighter style oh, system for those that aren't oh. aware of Double Dragon 5. Um, this was to try and capitalise on the fighting games that were coming out Ooh. at the time. Um, although it didn't do that well. No. Yeah, is it Jag was... exclusive? Or... No, no, it is on SNES as well. This was it? partly due to a limited release on the Mega Drive, Jaguar oh, okay. and the SNES. Right, yeah. Um, and partly due to the fact that a lot of gamers saw it as stepping too far away from the franchise. So reviewers had it scoring on average about 50 to 60%. To well, be fair to Double Dragon 5, right. after Adrian played it, he then was in the Guinness World Book of Records for the lo- the longest launch of an Atari Jaguar console in history. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Because it was that great. Well... I remember getting it. We, well, I got the Jaguar with my brothers, and there was not many games left. All on budget. We got all, basically all available. None of the big hitters were there, mm. really. We got this sort of. There was no Dooms or, or um, Alien vs Predators. But the first one, I was like, oh, Double Dragon. I used to love Double Dragon. I didn't know it was a beat up game, did I? Oh, a fight I game. You didn't know it was a one on one. I didn't know one on one. I thought it'd be just. I thought it'd be so fun. We put it in there, going, Yeah, this ain't good. <laughs> and I like. I like my Street Fighter twos. I like my Mortal Kombat's, but this was absolutely shocking. You made us play it a couple of years ago. Drummer. Yeah, you still got scars. PTSD I really, now. I, really, I have. I have. It, it's it's I, unplayable. Yeah, I played yeah. it again the other day. I've actually heard the SNES version better. I've heard the SNES version is better than the Jag version. Yeah, it. it but still, <laughs> still. I, honestly, it's it's. I, I play the SNES and it's 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 tough. It is hard going. You've got yeah. to kind of. You've really got to kind of push yourself to to do more than like one or two matches. So Jeez. yeah, unfortunately, it is a bit um, rubbish. But there we go. Um, we then had a crossover game with the characters from Battletoads. Yeah, which was released in 1993. I thought that was brilliant. Um, by Trade West, a title Battletoads Double Dragon. Also, 1993, a Game Gear game by Virgin Games was released, titled Double Dragon: The Revenge of Billy Lee. Um, <laughs> a bit of trivia for you: Billy and Jimmy also appeared on the 1990 SNES game Super Spike Volleyball. Well, okay. No. Yes. Why not? No, why not? Uh, the characters of Randy and Andy in the 1989 <laughs> NES game River City Ransom 
are based on Billy uh, and Jimmy in Japan. Nice. Um, also, in Japan, they're known as Ryuchi and Ryuji. Okay. <laughs> and they appear... And Kanui and Kenji. Yeah. <laughs> and they actually appear later in a, in a later Kunio Kun game as well, because he, he, oh, cool. he redid that. Um, we've had uh, Double Dragon Advance, the Game Boy Advance, um, mm. which actually is considered as one of the best versions ever yeah, yeah. On, on the Game Boy Advance. Um, Double Dragon 4 for Android, PS4, iPad... And we've got Double Dragon Neon uh, released in mm. 2012 to 2014, depending on the platform, on consoles. And there have been loads of other releases across various platforms that are altered versions of the main games. So in total, main games are actually 14 uh, main games. That's um, a lot of games. That doesn't include any kind of little spin-offs and yeah. remakes, remasters, etc. Um, but the most notable thing about the Double Dragon Legacy, though, we, we've got to say, of course, is that the first game paved the way for a wave of beat-em-ups yeah. across countless studios and gave us as gamers, obviously, a fantastic <laughs> genre full of great memories. Absolutely. Know, there's just so many. And if you want to kind of... Um, I mean, you know, there's several pods that we've done and um, you guys have done about beat-em-ups in the past the most recent one is what makes a great mm. beat-em-up yeah and we we do actually talk about all this kind of stuff so oh, it's man. well worth listening to that as well because there's all that meat on the bones about the soundtrack the moves the weapons all that sort of stuff so definitely have a listen to that um you know and we would we have things like final fight streets of rage nights around without double dragon no, maybe no. maybe not i don't think we would i honestly don't think we would no. you know Renegade has an awful lot to kind of of credit there. Yeah. Um, I think Double Dragon kind of cemented the multiplayer mm-hmm. side of it, yeah, and, and kind of took it a step further. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, plenty of uh, credit where credit's due. But um, um, it's definitely earned its place as a defining sort of game for the industry. So some, some final thoughts from me on, on kind of the legacy. Um, and, I mean, the Renegade... Uh, I had on the Amstrad 464 just quickly I, I didn't mention this earlier because I completely forgot about it but I had a friend down the road from me had it on the Spectrum um, and we used to play it for like three or four what's months what's his name what's his name huh? who makes name Phil Phil okay back in the day yeah I don't know if he's you know he might be you never know yeah, big gamer back in the day um also have a copy on the NES, played that recently. Loads of nostalgia, lots of love for the game. Um, and the same with number two as well. Um, had it on the Master System, a friend had it on the NES. Again, unhealthy amount of hours spent um, on that as well. And uh, to beat the game and then just to play it again. So, and, and to do uh, mode B and all that sort of stuff. So, as we kind of near the end of our Double Dragon journey, I've got a bit of trivia for you. Oh. Love it. The arcade version of Double Dragon appears in the book 1001 Video Games You Must Play Before You Die by Tony yeah, yeah. yeah, and I'm sure we've mentioned that. I think Mega Man was on that. I think mm. there's several games on that as well. Um, in 1989, Tiger adapted the video game into a board game. Mm-hmm. Board game? There you go. Wow. I'm not sure how you would do that. But I then... want to take it. I want it. Someone's sending me. He wants it. He wants it. Now, this is a, we're just going to briefly go back to the, the Commodore 64 version because two C64 versions exist. The original Melbourne House release by Binary Designs and a later rare cartridge only released by Ocean, uh, ported by Imagitech Design. Um, and here's a, an interesting bit of trivia from Binary Designs. So to allow two-player element on the C64, two small sprites had to be stacked to create a single figure. This is why on the C64 version there appears to be a slight gap at waist height of the enemies. Oh, so what's this? Like a little pair of legs is one sprite, yeah. and then the rest of the correct. <laughs> correct. Uh, this, this was due to too much being on screen otherwise, and the memory in the C64 oh, wow. just wouldn't have hacked it, yeah? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? The Amstrad versions, two were made as well. Uh, one was a dodgy port for standard 464s, which we've <laughs> kind of 
I've said already. Yeah. Um, and the other was for the more powerful 6128. Uh, again, both by binary. Um, Marvel. Now, Ooh. who'd have thought we'd put Marvel in here? Marvel actually published a six-issue series based off the game in 1991. Wow. Uh, and who appeared in the comics as the father of the Lee twins? Bruce. No. Um, Splinter. No. Lee, the name Lee. I said Bruce. Marvel, Lee. Stan, yes. <laughs> they made Stan Lee their dad. They did. That's amazing. They did. That's amazing. <laughs> um, there's also a movie, Adrian. Um, uh, we have covered <laughs> yeah, it. We have a 1994 release of the Double Dragon movie. A cast includes Mark uh, Dacascus as Jimmy, Scott Wolf as Billy, Alyssa Milano as Marion, <laughs> and Robert Patrick. Yes. We enjoyed watching As Koga Shuko, an evil gang leader. <laughs> we won't go into the plot of details, but it suffice to say it has a 3.8 IMDb score <laughs> yeah. on 13,000 votes. And I keep reading. I'm horrible. Horrible. I keep fake email. It's never going up. Go seek out our podcast. If you don't agree with me on that, you can shout at me on the socials. That's fine. The back of the box for home releases identifies Marion as Billy Lee's girlfriend, although in other literature promoting the arcade in the US... She is apparently the shared love interest of both Jimmy and Billy. How progressive. Very progressive for those days, especially. Open relationships, very much. Yep. And, and talking of back of the box, Adrian's favourite bit. Back of the box. You've got nothing else to hijack in terms of the film or telling us that number three is well, the best game Should we quickly made. rank our Double Dragons? Can we do that? Go for it. Obviously the ones you played. Um, I've played one, two, three, and five. Yep. So the the worst is obviously five, sorry. And I do support Jag games, but it's the worst. I actually think my favourite Double Dragon, I'm going to say it, I'm going to do it, is Double Dragon 3. I'm going to say it. I feel like I don't know anything anymore. <laughs> Dylan's, like, Dylan's like, I don't what think we can be friends you? anymore. No, I, I enjoy it. I really do. Double Dragon 3, then Double Dragon 1, then 2, and then, then 5. That's my ranking order. Please go and play the Mega Drive version. <laughs> yeah, you must. Well, these, um, how would you rank your order? Keith? I can't really rank them because I haven't played enough. So it just goes 1, 3, 5. Oh, well, right. They go goes yeah. one and then three and five next to each other. Yeah, three's yeah. just just almost got. Yeah, almost got number one. Yeah, I'd say one, two, and then what the hell would those maybe, two? But maybe maybe me and Dill will pledge to play the arcade version of three. Sure, and you have to play the Mega Drive version, and then we'll see. Yes, yeah, play, yeah, play, and and the SNES the SNES version. I definitely want to check SNES the, the, and Sub Junk Four. How, I really about, want to try how about you, because I'm never yeah. five. All day long at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Five, three, yeah. Mm. Then super, then one, then two. Yeah. Two, 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 two best. Two just, best. Just because I've got so many great memories of that, that mm. game. It's, and I just, at the time, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So, yeah. Mm. But I think we can all universally agree that five is a bit toilet. Yes. It's rare, though. It's worth a lot of money. But then what's so. going to happen now is we're going to then inspire loads of people to go and play it. To see just how <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> Sorry, good. maybe, maybe not. <laughs> so we move on to to, to the, the the meat on the bones, which is the back of the box. Back, love of, the box, of, the box. back of the box, back of the box. Now I've gone with. <laughs> You're singing Rob's version. He misses him. <laughs> we've gone. We've gone for the NES release in the EU for this one now, because because of the story changes, um, there's obviously um, lots of different back of the boxes. So we're going to go just with this one, yeah. Yeah. So Double Dragon is a story of Billy and Jimmy Lee, you know, twin brothers who learn to fight on the cold, tough streets of the city. We don't know what city, but the city. The city. Their expert knowledge of the martial arts, combined with their street smarts, has made them both. Formidable fighting machines. But now Billy is faced with his greatest challenge. His girlfriend Marion has been kidnapped by the Black Warriors. 
the savage street gang on the mysterious uh, of the mysterious shadow boss. Using whatever weapons come to hand, knives, whips, bats, rocks, oil drums, even dynamite, Billy must pursue the gang through the slums, factories and wooded outskirts of the city to reach the hideout for his final confrontation with the shadow boss, his brother Jimmy. A.K.A. Willie. (laughs) Well, Willie's the penultimate I'm I'm joking. Ah, Depending on which version you play, of course, yeah? So, we've, we've ranked those already, but a final word kind of from everyone. So, where does, as, as a franchise, and as a kind of a, if you think about the first game as being, you know, quite defined, mm. where does it kind of sit in your overall kind of gaming journeys and your piles of games? If you had a great big pile of all your hundreds and thousands of games that you've played, kind of, which section does it kind of sit in for you as a, as a franchise? I would like to own a copy of it on some kind of platform because it is so groundbreaking mm, definitely so what else it's given us so I might not I might even you know have a copy of the Mega Drive version why not and, and Mega Drive Double Dragon 3 why not if it's, if it's the only versions you've got then God help you they can just sit on my shelf mm-hmm. I look at them nicely look at them nicely <laughs> guys where does it kind of stack up in your massive pile of games that you've played over the years top half Mm. It's not my favourite brawler, but but because it's quite old, the first ones, I think it's it's age. Let's be honest, it, it it was innovative, different, original. But there was better ones after, like Streets of Rage. Let's be completely honest. Mm-hmm. But I did have a lot of fun with it, and but that's why I quite like Double Dragon Three because at least they tried to do different things. They're trying to spice things up with. Weapons. I don't know this. I don't know him. <laughs> Who is he? <laughs> no, I do. I actually do respect it. It's not the perfect brawler of all time. Hello, it's not it's perfect. Me. I mean, that's an understatement. <laughs> Can I just say, is there any listeners out there, genuinely, and this is not me just being trying to be controversial, that actually does like Double Dragon Free like me? I'd like to know. What was, that, what, when? Was the, what was that song that was a hit a few years ago? Someone I used to know. Yes. Agents. It's about fun, isn't it? And out of all the Double Dragon games, I've had the most fun with Free. There you go, I'm going to say. Well, this is going to carry on, I think, after the, the pod's finished. But, <laughs> yeah. but if anyone's, if anyone wants to kind of like side with Adrian and say that Three's like one of the greatest Double Dragons or one of the greatest games. <laughs> then when listen, listen. If you're listening to it now, go on to the go on to the socials, put a comment and and have your say, yeah? Because Benby. Yeah. Um, and if you disagree with him, great. Give him grief. <laughs> so excellent. And you know, we, we we can go on about it all day, but the fact is it gave birth to a lot of other fantastic beat ups that we know. Yeah. But um pretty much that's that's a that's a wrap from from Double Dragon. So I mean if you want to chat about it, um ask us questions or whatever. Or tell Adrian he's not very good at ranking video well, games. Yeah. I'm used to it um, by now. <laughs> just if you want to give us a shout, you know, we've got all of our Discord, Insta, Facebook, Twitter pages. Give us a shout. Let us know what you think. But, um, yeah, that is a wrap from me. And until the next time, thanks very much for listening. See you again. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. You can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash Arcade Attack UK. Check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots more retro gaming goodness and to delve into our archives. Our podcasts are also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube and Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review and a rating, we'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to support Arcade Attack, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash arcadeattack, which will give you access to exclusive podcasts, interviews and other bonus content. So... Until next time, take care and we'll speak to you soon.